What did Peter mean when he wrote in 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Isn't spiritual growth a given once we believe in Jesus for eternal life? Isn't transformation automatic once we have placed our faith in Jesus? Hi, I'm David Dennis with the Kansas Community's Ministry with the Navigators. Thank you so much for joining us today. I recently did an extended study on spiritual habits or disciplines and the role they play in our spiritual growth. Some of the material I used was from a book by Donald S. Whitney entitled Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, published by Nav Press in 2014. As we explore this topic, I start today with the question, what is a spiritual orphan? I was visiting with a friend recently who referred to some people in his church as orphans, and that raised my curiosity. I asked, what do you mean by that? He said that the church leadership had recently told him that a couple of people had come to know the Lord as their Savior in their church, and he asked them, he asked the church leadership, is anyone helping them grow? And they said, well, not really. And so he referred to those people as as orphans. They were left to kind of fend for themselves. That got me to thinking about spiritual growth and being a, a spiritual baby versus growing into maturity. When we are immature as babies in Christ, we're not able to discern what is really right and wrong. There are so many worldly philosophies out there and perspectives, ideas, ideals, beliefs, It's scary, because will those spiritual babies be able to discern what is true truth and how to respond in a righteous manner? Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Strongholds, worldly philosophies. Will spiritual babies be able to understand what the truth is? Paul says in Ephesians 6.14, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Do you and I have a passionate desire to be more and more like Jesus? Do you and I have a desire to grow in holiness and Christ-likeness? After all, if we have placed our faith in Jesus for eternal life, we are assured of our place in heaven. So what is the point of growing spiritually? Why seek spiritual growth and maturity? What is spiritual growth? What is holiness? And how holy do we really have to be? Is spiritual growth automatic? If it is, why worry about it? If it isn't, exactly what is our role and what is God's role? Well, in this podcast, I wanted to address four questions um, that relate to spiritual growth, and becoming Christ-like. Number one, what are we commanded to do when it comes to holiness? Are we expected to really be holy? Number two, what are spiritual disciplines or habits? Another way we could say that is, how do we become holy? And what is the role of spiritual disciplines or habits in that process? Number three, Why should we pursue godliness or holiness? And number four, how should we pursue godliness or holiness? Much of the information 
that I'll be using comes from a booklet by Donald S. Whitney called Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. This was published by Nav Press in 2014, and I used it recently for a Sunday school class I was teaching. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16, Peter says, Therefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. We are to be as holy as Jesus. I'm reminded of a time several years ago, a patient came into the office and we had done everything possible for that person. At least I felt we had tried to meet their their needs, their requests, and so on. But they came in one day still complaining about the service that we were providing. And I really couldn't take it anymore. I had to get up out of the room, go to my office, and kind of cool down. But after I did that, I thought, now where did that come from? I thought I was growing in my Christ-likeness, but that clearly was not a manifestation of that growth of Christ-likeness. Where did that come from? So what are we commanded to do when it comes to holiness? Well, the first thing is we are to be holy as Jesus is holy. That's a very tall requirement, isn't it? Now, it's not to be holy as Jesus is holy in order to get into heaven, because when we place our faith in Jesus for eternal life, he confers his holiness to us and we confer our sinfulness to him. We are in Christ and he becomes in us. Then when God looks at us, he sees Jesus' perfect life and we are accepted fully into his family. So what I'm talking about though today is more the idea of, I guess you'd say, practical holiness or current development of holiness or Christ-likeness. What are we commanded to do when it comes to holiness is the first question, and the answer is we are to be as holy as Jesus is holy. When we when we blow it at times, like in my office when I couldn't tolerate this person's continued complaints, I had to leave the room uh, because I was very upset and, and angry, several things went through my mind. Number one, I thought, well, at least I'm trying to be good, but yet it, it didn't succeed. Or I I thought, maybe I'm under a lot of pressure. In truth, I deserve to get mad. I deserve to complain. I deserve to covet. Sometimes it makes me want to even give up. You know, God calls us to holiness, but I see myself falling lower and not really measuring up to what he wants me to be. And uh, in a sense, I want to give up. Is there any value in trying harder? Sometimes I think, well, holiness is just for super-Christians, not for ordinary people like me. I'll be satisfied just as I am. Sometimes when we see ourselves blowing it, we may even ask ourselves, are we really a Christian? Shouldn't a Christian not behave in the way that we are behaving? I don't seem to be measuring up very well. I don't see the fruit that a real Christian should manifest at this point. So those are some of the things that we may think of. Now, concerning spiritual disciplines, or spiritual habits, I prefer to call them, the primary verse that we see that talked about is 1 Timothy 4, verse 7, where Paul says, Reject profane and old wives' fables, 
exercise yourself toward godliness. Exercise yourself toward godliness. The English Standard Version says to train yourself for godliness. NIV and New Living Translations say train yourself to be godly. So scripture is telling us that we need to apply energy, we need to train ourselves, we need to put ourselves in a position that we can become more godly. The word for train or exercise in this passage is uh, gymnazo, G-Y-M-N-A-Z-O, a Greek word that we get the word gymnasium from. We are to exercise extremely hard and disciplined in order to become godly. I sent a survey to people for this Sunday school class I taught on spiritual disciplines. We had 24 responses. The first question I asked was, what do you think of when you hear the words spiritual disciplines, and how would you define them? Several answers were the following. Practices that encourage spiritual growth in one's life. Another person said, prayer, fasting, Bible reading, meditation. Someone else said, chosen behavior that leads to growth in Christian faith and conduct. Someone else said, I think of spiritual disciplines as something both personal and corporate we are called to do in Scripture as believers, like prayer, meditating on God's Word, and worship. All these things have a result, or should, in drawing closer to God. I like this very succinct answer someone put, it's a framework for a healthy relationship with God. Spiritual disciplines or spiritual habits are a framework for a healthy relationship with God. Someone was very honest in answering, and they said, Oh, I think of monks or ascetics or Richard Foster. I define spiritual disciplines as regular practices meant to focus our attention, devotion, and love toward the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And finally, someone else said, Habits that form me to be more like Jesus. Habits that form me to be more like Jesus. So again, the question we're addressing now is, what are spiritual habits or spiritual disciplines? Donald Whitney, in his book on page 4, states the following, The spiritual disciplines are those practices found in Scripture that promote spiritual growth among believers in the gospel of Jesus Christ. They are habits of devotion and experiential Christianity that have been practiced by the people of God since biblical times. They are practices that promote spiritual growth. They are habits of devotion and experiential Christianity. There are several elements of these that Donald Whitney points out. First of all, they are both personal and interpersonal. They are done privately and corporately, Bible reading being an example. We can read alone or with a group. We can worship alone, or we can worship with a group. Number two, they are activities, not attitudes. We do in order to be. We do the disciplines, for example, reading the Word of God in order to be more like Jesus. Thirdly, an element of spiritual disciplines are that they are biblical. They are practices that are taught or modeled in the Bible. And I just say there's a danger in incorporating non-biblical Eastern mystic practices. We want to keep these based on Scripture. Fourthly, they are sufficient for knowing and experiencing God and for growing in Christ-likeness. I'm reminded of 2 Timothy 3:16 and 17, which says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, 
for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. And finally, spiritual disciplines or habits are means, not ends in themselves. I was thinking years ago when we did Memorize the Word, that's a course from Navigators and Moody Bible Institute at the time, wherein we memorized three verses weekly. It was easy to uh, think of those as just things that we check off. We've memorized those three words, rather than applying them, meditating on them, and reviewing them in our minds. So spiritual disciplines are means to an end, not an end in themselves. Donald Whitney on page 9 says, The end, that is the purpose of practicing the disciplines, is godliness. We mustn't consider spiritual habits like reading the Bible, memorizing scripture, prayer, solitude, or fasting as ends in themselves. They are a means to an end. Our goal is always godliness, holiness, transformation, being made more Christ-like. We train ourselves for the purpose of godliness. Well, these have been some of my initial thoughts on spiritual habits or disciplines. How are you doing when it comes to having a passionate desire to be more and more like Jesus? I ask myself, how am I doing? Join me next time as we explore some other ideas on this topic on Making Disciples Naturally. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.